Welcome to the Retirement Plan Playbook with Brent Pasqua, Matthew Thiel, and Joshua Winterswijk from RPA Wealth Management. In this podcast, we cover current events, retirement planning strategies, and provide you with the tools to help you build a successful retirement playbook in any political or financial landscape. Join Brent, Matthew, and Joshua as they navigate the issues that can make the later stages of your retirement plan challenging and help you create the best retirement plan playbook. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome into the Retirement Plan Playbook. I'm Brent Pasqua, founder of RPA Wealth Management, and I'm here with Joshua Winterswijk, Certified Financial Planner, Matthew Thiel, Certified Financial Planner. And I am so excited today because we have a very special guest. We have Lori Boatman on with us today. And Lori is a licensed, trained, and certified independent insurance agent specializing in Medicare and Medicare health plans. Lori has over 30 years experience and really has helped thousands of clients making decisions on Medicare. And I can't tell you, Lori, how important it is for the job that you do in helping people, because I know how difficult it is to navigate through Medicare, not only during the season of open enrollment, but also throughout the year, because in my opinion, there's nothing more important than your health and making decisions like this impacts at times how long a person can actually live. And it is so stressful, I know, for clients to make these types of decisions. And so we're so excited to be able to answer, I think, some of the questions that so many people have nowadays about Medicare. And I want to jump right into that. Can you tell us a little, the listeners, a little bit about what you do and how you started? Of course. Thank you so much for having me today. And what I do in a very simple sentence is I help people navigate Medicare and Medicare health plans and prescription drug plans. And I assist with all areas, whether you're just aging into Medicare, whether you are continuing to work past age 65, or you're already on a Medicare plan. So I just come alongside people and I help and I make sure there are no errors made and the most appropriate plan is put in place for them. How long have you been doing it? I am going to age myself greatly here, so I have to chuckle a little bit. I've been in the business since the early 90s, and I myself am over age 65, well over age 65. So this is my world. The, the Medicare arena is my current world. So I can certainly relate very personally with everyone that I'm meeting with. Uh, started way back in the early 90s, uh, first HMO plan on the carrier or company side, and it was in customer service, which was very invaluable. So I have an understanding, obviously, from the customer side, went on then to become an agent, independent agent, and was with New York Life, gained the financial planning side of this picture, which of course has value with regard to health insurance also. And did that for a number of years. Worked in the individual health insurance arena, the group employer side, worked with businesses, companies, long-term care. Always loved working with what I used to call way back when the seniors. Now being a senior myself, it's the new age 40. But settled quite some time ago on just Medicare. It's an enormous field, requires... a lot of experience is ever-changing. So that's my expertise. What is Medicare, and why was Medicare even started? 
That's an excellent question. Medicare started in 1965 when then President Lyndon B. Johnson signed into action a bill that started Medicare. And there was a tremendous need prior, and they had been trying to come up with a national program for seniors. Then they called it for the elderly. Before 1965, when people retired, they actually lost their employer group health plans in most instances, and they retired, found themselves literally with no health insurance. Can you even imagine today? So would you like have now, to pay out of pocket for that? Like, is that you had to pay to out do? of pocket wow. for them. There was no nothing. It, it, it was a very serious predicament. So when Medicare came into being, uh, they also came up with Medicaid. Medicare was for those age 65 and over and for certain individuals that could qualify earlier based on, you know, a certain condition or disability. It's a great, great benefit that I think we all have been taking for granted all these years. And it's a privilege to have such a benefit. I, I get this question a lot. When does somebody sign up for Medicare? And again, that can be a very complex question with many answers depending. And that's why it's so important to speak with someone like, like me. So the simple answer would be, generally speaking, if someone is going to enroll in a Medicare health and prescription drug plan, they would want to enroll three months before they turn age 65. And actually, to clarify, it would be the first of the month. So if their birthday is January 13th, then they would sign up three months before January 1st. When should they reach out to you, though, to start planning? That's the second part that's a bigger picture. Never wait until you're close to age 65, ideally. I like to hear from people. And Brent, thank you so much, and all of you gentlemen, for introducing me to people as soon as a year before they turn 65. Because... There are no two people that have the same plan, the same goals as they are beginning their retirement. And it takes time to take a look at their individual situations. So through individual personalized consultation, we will go through all the steps that I know are necessary so that they're in place and very, very comfortable when they're ready to sign up and start that plan. I think one point of confusion we see with a lot of our clients is what if they're still working past 65? Is, is that kind of the caveat you're talking about? Again, they, how can anyone navigate these questions on their own? And I get that a lot. And these days, of course, more than ever, people are working beyond age 65. So I, again, still like to have a call from someone well before, even, even before they've decided whether or not they're going to retire Uh, Because we're talking about a plan here, and plans can change, but at least we're moving forward with a plan. People can continue to work, obviously, beyond 65. They are able to delay signing up with parts of Medicare. They can stay on their group employer health plan, but that really depends. And so what I do is we take a look at their current cost and their benefits on their current employer plan compared to jumping off of that voluntarily, which they're able to do, because there are times where clearly their benefits are better and their prices are lower if they go ahead and sign up and enroll in an individual Medicare plan. But there are times that I say, stay on the plan you're on. This is great. And you just call me when you're thinking about retiring down the road or your plan changes. I'm here for you. And I get also this question. I mean, what happens if somebody misses their sign up at 
age 65. If someone misses their sign-up at age 65, if they are still working, they absolutely do not mandatorily need to sign up for Part A or A and B if you are still working. But with that being said, it's very risky to assume that that's the case because it depends on employer size and many other, other factors. So what happens if they don't sign up when they need to sign up is really more the question probably. And uh, that could incur penalties, penalties for life. And this is the call I always get from people. Could I incur penalties? So we go over that. And also, certainly, it would delay their enrollment. So when they really want and need to be on a Medicare health plan, they're not able to sign up for it on time. So that's why we get a good start early on. When you do sign up, uh-huh. uh, what are you signing up for? Are you signing up generally for Part A? Or are you signing up for Part B? And then what is the difference between the two? Yes, excellent question. If someone is currently working and going to delay going on to an individual Medicare plan, they, I would recommend, most often will sign up for Part A. So that is an effect, and you are in the Social Security system and your Medicare card will show Part A. And if they do delay it, then they can go ahead and sign up at a later date when they're ready to sign up. For those who are enrolling in Medicare, and I've explained the timeframes, let's say that you've decided to take your Social Security benefit checks early and you're receiving them now. You actually don't need to sign up. You'll receive your Medicare card showing Parts A and B effective the month of your birthday. But if you are delaying receiving your Social Security benefits, as many do, then you do need to go on to the Social Security website and establish your account and sign up for that which is appropriate for your situation. I have a question for you. So the Medicare program has Parts A and B, like you mentioned, but it it incorporates a lot of different parts, and they all have a specific purpose. Am I correct? Yes, that is correct. Uh, Shall I go over Part A and B and what the parts are? So Part A is hospitalization, inpatient hospital, skilled nursing. It can be hospice and some home health care. Part B covers everything else medically, that being physician visits, physician charges and outpatient surgeries, physical therapy maybe, uh, lab and x-rays all of those types of uh, services that you would have for Part B. So Part A and Part B you will always have when you sign up for a Medicare health plan. Uh, In addition to that, very important part is Part D. That represents prescription drug plan coverage, and that is critical to have. So that's something that people can miss because they say, I don't need any prescriptions I'm just going to delay signing up for a Part D prescription drug plan. That, I'm afraid, causes permanent penalties for life. How do you actually sign up for Medicare, though? The way you sign up for Medicare is uh, you go into your Social Security website, you start an account if you don't already have one, and then you follow the prompts, and you sign up either for Medicare only for those people that are postponing their uh, Social Security benefit checks, or you'll go ahead and sign up for all, but it is done on the Social Security website. So do you need additional medical insurance beyond Part A, Part B, and then Part D to cover you for some of the expenses that may arise during your retirement for 
health? Yeah, that's a very important question also. They might be accustomed to their plans at work that only cover a certain portion, and they really have quite a risk out of pocket. So with the Medicare plans, you do have full coverage. You have A and B, and you do have you, you definitely will have prescription coverage, and that will cover you for everything that you would need. And you've made a decision on the best plan and your risk out of pocket in whichever plan you choose. So does somebody actually need a Medicare Advantage plan or a Medicare supplement plan in addition to Part A, B, and D? I get that question all the time. I think the biggest confusion for everyone is what is A, B, what is C, and what is D? And uh, so the answer to that question is actually when you sign up, you uh, sign up for Part B, that has a cost. Part A is free, but Part B has a cost. So that is why sometimes people even delay signing up for Part B. Why start to pay the premium to Medicare if you don't have to, if you've got coverage through your work? But people will then have, choose their, and I got mixed up on my question, so I'm going to pause. With do uh-huh. So it, what's the difference, I guess, then between Medicare supplement and a Medicare uh-huh. Advantage plan? Gotcha. And then do you, do you have to, is that part of Part B? Okay. The, the difference between Medicare Advantage and a Medicare supplement plan, there is a very, very big difference A Medicare Advantage plan is an HMO plan where you choose a primary care doctor and you really somewhat give up your original Medicare. Your care is transferred over to the care of your doctor and the management company to oversee all of your care. You need to choose a primary care physician. You need to obtain referrals to get to any specialists. And you do stay in network for all of your care you're not able to go to, say, Mayo Clinic or UCLA and then go to an orthopedic that your friend told you about. An HMO is a network-based plan. With that type of plan, there are a lot of extras that are very appealing to people. And the cost is, generally speaking, zero per month. In the, in the HMO arena, they have now come up with some PPO options also. But basically, as I've described it, that describes the HMO. The other choice is Medicare Supplement or Medigap, and that is completely different. And in that case, you keep your original Medicare. Medicare pays 80% of your bill, and then you do not want to have a 20% balance billing, so people will choose to sign up for a Medigap or a Medicare Supplement plan, and that pays the balance of the bill in most instances today. So Medicare will pay 80%, And your supplement will pay the balance of 20%. This type of plan does have a monthly cost, unlike the HMOs. And the reason why people choose a Medicare supplement is because they want freedom of choice to direct their own medical care. You do not need to choose a primary care or obtain a referral, and you do not need to stay in-network With a Medicare supplement plan and original Medicare, you can go to any provider in the United States directly. You pick up the phone, you simply call, and then you can make your appointment and you go direct. So people feel, many people feel very good about that with regard to their changing health as they age. Also, if people travel, there is availability for care all over the United States with the Medicare supplement plans. This is a big point people don't know and they're not aware of. With the HMO plans, certainly you have coverage for emergency or urgent care, but you do not have continued care 
out of your network where you live. And many people are traveling today or they have second homes or they stay with family for the summer. Very important. So if you were on Medicare Advantage and you had a serious or critical illness where you thought it required specialists that were outside the network, you might be really challenged to even be able to go see those doctors at this point because you don't have coverage to see them. That is absolutely 100% correct. That actually happened with my husband in Washington State. Had to go to ER for a serious eye problem. And they said, you must have continued care. Well, we were traveling for the summer. And he was on an HMO at that time. We promptly changed that because I felt strongly about it initially. But the bottom line is, you're right. Uh, There is no coverage for continued follow-up care with a physician if you are not in network. So consequently, people need to go back home. So if somebody is 65 and they go on Medicare Advantage plan, and they're doing it, obviously they're not paying anything. Can they switch a year later if they need to to a Medicare supplement? That's, again, a very important question. So the answer is yes, and the answer is no. Yes, they are certainly able to attempt to switch to a different plan. And the time that you would do that would be during this particular time we're in right now, which is annual enrollment period. And then again, in January, they've opened up another additional time frame. But if you're on an HMO plan and you're into year two and suddenly you have some health changes and you want to be able to get to other doctors or specialists, you will be subject to medical underwriting and subject to approval or denial to be able to get onto that plan. Whereas when you first turn age 65, there's something called guarantee issue where there are no medical questions asked. That is also the case if you're coming off of an employer plan. There are certain times, which, of course, I'm an expert in those areas. But the best time to come on to a Medicare supplement plan would be when you're first eligible and you have guarantee issue. There are no medical questions asked. You could have cancer. So do they generally deny somebody if they're on a Medicare Advantage plan, they are sick and they need to switch to or they would like to switch to a Medicare supplement so they can go see different specialists? You, you obviously have to answer those questions that you have pre-existing conditions. Yes. Do they get denied? They can get denied. The answer is yes, absolutely. And I work closely with underwriters on the different companies, and I know which conditions might cause a, an automatic denial. But if you are healthy and well, there is not a problem. You can go ahead and start out with an HMO. So I don't want to you know give you a doomsday picture on this one at all. And again, the time would be to switch would be now, annual enrollment period. And I get those calls every day, and I help people to switch. They try their HMO, and then maybe they find they'd prefer to have a supplement or a supplement and prefer to have an HMO. What months are those for the annual enrollment period for those? The annual enrollment period starts October 15th and ends December 7th. And it would go into effect January 1st of the next year. So it's similar to when you're working, you have open enrollment? That's correct. That seems like an awfully short enrollment period. Why is it so short? I think that every day, and I wonder why do we have that. And I was glad to see they opened up the month of January as an additional time because it, it, I don't really understand why they do that, and I, and I think it doesn't meet the best interest of the public or anyone, actually, whether the carrier or the individual trying to make this happen in this time frame but we do we get it we get it straight we get it on and we uh people are happy and they do get moved over as they wished and hoped to do so so for right now when someone's in open enrollment 
if, if it's an open enrollment period and somebody, let's say, is 75 and they have a Medicare supplement or they have a Medicare Advantage mm-hmm. and they're not really happy with the, the plan that they have, this is the time period where you can go in there and elect essentially to pick a different plan. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I find out all about their health, all about their situation, what they're not happy with, what they are happy with. And uh, then I find a best fit for them and a recommendation. And they they walk away with 100% comfort on knowing that they have a complete, thorough understanding of what their situation is. And we move forward based on that. So now that we know the differences between Medicare Advantage and Medicare Supplement, like how does somebody decide which one of those is better for them? I ask questions that will prompt thoughts that they aren't even aware of to help them go down that path. And really, I do that very early on. That's really the first thing that we address once we do the introductions and get some basic information. It doesn't take long based when I based on the questions that I ask them for them to say to me, Lori, I want an HMO Medicare Advantage plan. And I know that they understand and they're telling me that's what they would like. And then again, I know early on, they do not want someone to mandate their care and their referrals. And they are absolutely a candidate for a supplement. So we rule out. So what I do is I simplify it. I clarify, I simplify, and we go down the right path towards an end goal of an appropriate plan. So once you figure out that a person is either more appropriate for them to be on a Medicare supplement or more appropriate for them to be on a Medicare Advantage, how do you determine what carrier that they should then go with or what plan specifically they should go with with that carrier? The good news is if we're going to go for a Medicare supplement, for example, those turning age 65 now are enrolling in what's called a Plan G. And the good news is each of the companies has a Plan G and the benefits are the same. The pricing is actually quite close, to be honest, because they want to be competitive. So the, the benefit is the same. The cost is very close. And because of the fact that Medicare makes payment first, the 80% payment, they then electronically send the balance bill over to the supplement, and they will always make that balance 20% payment. That's different than the commercial when they were working situation, where sometimes they were told no, or carriers wouldn't pay. This is very clear-cut, very simplified, very mandated by Centers for Medicare. Medicare makes payment. If they approve it, the supplement will automatically pay that balance 20% on these Plan Gs. There's a very small deductible, and then it's 100% coverage after. I know we had mentioned, too, Prescription D is so important, and, and that covers the prescription, or Part D is very important. Tell us a little bit more about what what does that entail and what does it kind of cover and why is that so important? I'm so glad you're asking that question. Uh, let's say someone, number one, I'm flipping back to the Medicare Advantage. If someone chooses that route, they're going to have one ID card. They're going to have A, B, and D all in that one plan. Different with a Medicare supplement. With Medicare supplement, it covers all your medical. And I enroll them in a prescription drug plan a separate prescription drug plan, and I get a list of their prescriptions, and I shop this on Medicare.gov, and I find out the best company, quite frankly, for the lowest price co-payments, 
And are their prescriptions covered? Are they on formulary? And that's a pretty detailed task. And so um, we make sure that we find the best fit for a prescription drug plan. That should be looked at absolutely every annual enrollment period because the companies change their list of prescriptions and people change the prescriptions they take. And it's a great tip for, for all listeners that are signing up and already enrolled is to check annually, right? And do a review on there. This plan. is a journey. This is not simply a one-time sign up with Lori. This is a journey going forward. What is the monthly cost for just the Medicare plan, the Part A? Okay, and I love what you're asking on that. That also triggers another important point. Medicare is free. There is no cost. Medicare Part B, as I'd mentioned, has a cost. Now, Medicare will bill everyone who has signed up for or enrolled in a Medicare plan. Medicare will bill for Part B. And this is something you must always pay. The average cost in 2022 this year was $170 a month per person. And the way they come up with that cost, it can vary, is Social Security will do a two-year look back on your combined taxed, taxable earnings, what you have filed. And they will either come up with the amount of 170 it's based, I, there's a particular chart in medicare.gov, and I have that chart. And, and I also provide that chart to my clients. So they themselves, maybe they don't want to share their income with me. So they can go and they can actually see right then and there what will be their cost. It can go up. There are additional costs charged for a, a higher wage earners for that Part B. So you're asking what is the cost of Part A and B. So now we know A is free, B you do pay to Medicare, and then separate from that, you're going to choose the health plan that you're going to enroll in with me and through me. And that either doesn't have a cost, perhaps it's an HMO plan, Medicare Advantage prescription drug plan, or perhaps it will have a monthly cost. And that would be the cost of the Medicare supplement or Medigap plan that you have chosen. And those costs can go up over the years. So if they're on Medicare Advantage, your cost is you get Part A for free, you get Part B is 170 and then the prescription plan is included with that yes. under the Medicare Advantage. Now, if, Absolutely. You, if you go down the path of a Medicare supplement plan, Part A is free, Part B you're paying the 170 and then how much does a supplement cost, and do you have to pay for the prescription Part D then? Great question. So generally speaking, when someone's turning age 65, I uh, go. the carriers go by zip code and by age. So typically the just turning age 65, who's also receiving a new to Medicare discount for the first year, that will run you only about $115, $120 a month for 100% coverage and freedom to go to any physician in the United States directly. The prescription Part D plan is separate, as I said. And again, I make recommendations based on very in-depth analysis of their prescription and copayment costs. Will they have to pay a particular deductible? That's a potential there also. So that can range from $8 a month premium cost per month and some co-payments and perhaps a deductible or not, all the way up to, there are plans upwards of to 100 a month. Generally speaking, the average is about $30 a month in premium cost. 
Got it. So under a Medicare um, Advantage plan, you could be at 170 a month out the door. Yep. And and going the Medicare supplement route, you could essentially be three to three seventy five per month for a full package plan. And we always look at the full package picture. We do go over all of those costs because, of course, that's part of the budgeting and the planning. And Medicare cost is actually going down a few dollars next year, right? We're so excited about that. <laughs> this came about because of you've probably been reading the in the different media regarding the Alzheimer's medication, and they really projected a, a higher cost with regard to, you know, having that come to fruition. It just didn't happen. So they actually are lowering the cost in the way of the deductibles and uh, the Part B costs. So we're thrilled about that. Any few extra dollars is great. We'll take it. I see so many clients nowadays that are, before we used to see so many people that would want to retire at 65. And now that's not become such a strict target anymore. We see people wanting to retire at 60 or 62. Obviously, you can't start Medicare till 65. So what do you do if you retire early to get to this point then? That's such an important conversation. And again, that's why I like to start with people a year prior. I mean, really any time prior, anytime you engage in a conversation with your clients and you, you get the feeling it might be time to do that. I jump on board. The truth of the matter is if they do retire sooner than age 65 and their particular employer will not allow them even say to go on to COBRA for 18 months and have a health plan, this happens, then they will need to buy and purchase individual health insurance, which they're able to do, but it is very expensive. And there are most often quite high deductibles, and they're not happy with these types of plans. So it does take uh, some planning, and that's why it's all encompassing. The financial arena, along with the healthcare costs, is all part of the total picture. Where should somebody go, um, outside of obviously calling you, because it's a lot easier talking to you than obviously trying to navigate through some of the websites, but if people just want to find out some general information regarding Medicare, where do they generally go? I suggest they always go to medicare.gov, and that may seem daunting, but it's a great, great website, and then uh, people who are nearing age 65 will actually get a book called Medicare and You, but medicare.gov has everything in it that you would ever want to ask or know, including covered services, how you sign up, when there's a search engine, you type in whatever, however you want to word it, what is my Part B cost, and you will come up with the answers. So I highly recommend Medicare.gov. So how do you get compensated then for the time that you spend with clients navigating all these hours of trying to pick exactly what plan they should go on? How do you get compensated for that time? And that's a great question. I usually get that question at least towards the end of my first call because they get the picture that I do a very in-depth, very long time frame with regard to analysis. The way I am compensated is through the companies, Medicare to the companies, to me, just like any other health insurance agent and health insurance product. And the great news is people aren't even aware. They do not need to shop who who will they have to come on board to assist them with helping them navigate Medicare because the prices are set? In other words, what I'm trying to say is if someone goes directly to Medicare and signs up with a plan, they're going to pay the same price exactly as if they even called Anthem or United Healthcare to sign up for a plan. It's the same exact price for prescription drug plans and health plans if they come to me and they have all that added value with personal assistance. Yeah, I think that's so important because your expertise is so valuable, especially when you're able to look at their 
history and, and what their needs are. And uh, so I guess I naturally like my next question would be is when you sit down with somebody, what does that time spent look like? What are you analyzing? What are the steps that you're taking? Well, the steps I'm taking is typically it starts with I get a phone call or an email and always people say, oh, so-and-so recommended that I give you a call. And then I, that's an initial call and I don't want to overwhelm anyone. So I basically just tell them who I am and what it is that I do and that, you know, I, I would be very excited to become a partner as they navigate their path down into Medicare. Uh, so we have whatever time frame they're comfortable with. I get a feeling about people, you know, what what do they want to know? I let them ask their questions, of course. So I listen to them. And then as we get a bit more in depth, they get the idea and they understand the importance of uh, my questions and why we need to go through the steps that I'm taking them through. And they feel very comfortable and they trust me. I make sure they don't make mistakes. And then how should they get in contact with you? I'm pretty old-fashioned, and I'm a people person, and I just love helping. So uh, I love a good old-fashioned phone call. Just call me on my cell phone anytime, day or night, on the weekend. It's all good. So I love a phone call. You can contact me through uh, email, and you can even text message me. I'm having so many more people that we are conversing via text. Uh, People turning 65 are busy people these days, (laughs) so they multitask. So all of the above. And what is your phone number? My phone number, my cell is 949-735-4486. And I am able to help anyone in the state of California. Yeah, I think what you do is absolutely amazing. And I think it's incredible because like I said, when, we, when a person picks medical insurance, I know firsthand how important it is that they make some of those right decisions and that the decisions that they make can literally impact how long a person lives and the type of care that they get and the quality of life that they have. And making those decisions from the beginning is absolutely critical to someone's joy of retirement. And it's the second largest expense in retirement. So Medicare, as you just discussed, has so many layers. It's such an important factor to your retirement. Reaching out to someone that's an expert that can really simplify and make this easier you know, is what why don't we advise our clients to do? And it's so complex. So like, complex. I, you know, I was really confused. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna, this is complex. I was thinking, um, Lori said, you know, start planning a year before. I was like, I'm already going to start planning yeah, my I Medicare know. journey gonna, right I now. I was going to reach out to her. Like, hey, I'm ready. You know what I love most, I think, is I, I feel that, that uh, relaxation mode. People start out with me obviously stressful, mm-hmm. obviously confused, mm-hmm. and obviously not trusting anyone. Sure. And by the time we start down this process, I love to hear, I can hear it. I hear their aha moment where they can turn everything over to me and they know that I'll just take good care of them. <laughs> and I put them on my calendar each step along the way. I, I understand that their health is their everything. It's worth gold. And it's a pretty serious topic that I've undertaken, honestly. And I I treat every person, honestly, each and every person, as if it is my own family member, if it's my own health. And I can't do anything less. I, you have to love what you're doing in this business. You must love what you're doing in helping people. Well, we are beyond blessed to not only have you today, but for all the help that you've done with all of our clients throughout the years. And they've all always been so beyond happy working with you. So we thank you, obviously, for that. And if you do want to reach out to Lori, we will put all the information in the show notes. 
Um, as advisors, we do love helping people. That's why we do it. If you'd like to schedule an appointment with any of us, please go to our pawealth.com. And again, we will put the Lori's information in the show notes, uh, but please go to Retirement Plan Playbook. Thank, Thank you, you, Lori. Great Thank information. You for Thank time. you for coming on. It's been on. a pleasure to share the exciting topic of Medicare. Thank you, Lori. Yeah, that was fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Plan Playbook. Click the following button to be notified when new episodes become available. To get in touch with our team, call us at 909-296-7977 or visit our website at www.rpawealth.com to schedule a complimentary consultation. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of RPA Wealth Management. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.